Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thank you very much for joining episode one, season one, the latest podcast from the mid-season slump, The Ball Bags. Fortunately, this episode was a little bit late. We had some technical difficulties. Um, but look, we're giving it a second attempt to try to get episode one out this week. So, after an impressive preseason debut, I'm delighted to be joined by the bottom feeder athletes. How are you, mate? You all good? How are the boys today? Yeah, all good. Hoping for another. Enjoyed the preseason debut. Hoping not to make another. The regular season debut should have went a bit better, but here we are. We go again. I'm also joined. You'd be very familiar with him now at this stage, but the chief of controversy, it's the coach. How are you, mate? Y'all good? I'm here. I'm alive. Yeah. Never po- good. Positive as always. Um, I suppose, look, bit of a feel for tonight, okay? So it's going to deviate slightly from what will be the traditional structure. We're going to go through our player of the weekend quickly. The main section, agree to disagree, is kind of usually will be three structured debates. Given time constraints and technical difficulties the other night, we're going to keep it a bit more flexible, a bit more light. And then we're going to finish up with a section called Have You Seen This? Which is just a viral news story or video from the week that we'd like to bring to your attention. So, kicking it off rather quickly. If you're a fan of us on social media, you'll see that our player of the weekend was Mead's Vicky Wall. Um, The lads had plenty of other options to give, but unfortunately I was pig ignorant stuck to my guns uh look i just felt given the the what that mead side has gone through in the last two years it's an incredible achievement and the dubs first loss in 28 games something crazy that they were going for their fifth all Ireland in a row was an incredible achievement mead were 50 to 1 outsiders at the very start of the championship so brilliant achievement it's always better when you're a mead man and you get to make these decisions but lads you want to go through maybe some honorable mentions that I lapsed. I missed from the weekend that's been. Go on, bottom feeder. You go first because you probably said the same thing as me again. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had Patrick Cantley. He was uh, he was absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Like he was unbelievable. He was. He was. He was very good. He was very good. Um, and to, to double up on a non-golf podcast, seeing as we are number one in the basketball standings in Ireland at the moment, <laughs> uh, is Leona McGuire. Uh, Kevin's yeah, on Leona phenomenal. McGuire. So phenomenal. Um, it was that stat? It was Calvin four point four and a half points USA, half a point. That was yeah. that was quite a good one. Yeah, and she trashed them. Yeah, and and as a wildcard pick as well, or a coach's or captain's pick as well, so it was pretty pretty special. Yeah, look, it was it was very good. It was very good, very good women for Irish, very good weekend for Irish women's sport. I think was be fair to say. Right, moving swiftly on. We're not going to delay that too much uh, for this episode. We'll be a lot more longer and boring next week, I promise you that much. Um, so, the main section. Okay, let's kick things off. Obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. It's the evening after the night before. Ireland-Serbia won all. Thoughts, gents, reaction. How are we feeling? Is Kenny's job safe, secure, at risk? Time for him to go? That's, what's the general consensus here? Um. I actually think he is definitely more secure than he was 24 hours ago. Which it sounds like a bizarre statement, given that we've only got, what, two points from five games? 
We've got two from two, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the back end of how many... Uh, no win in 13 or 14 yeah, or something like that. Like, it's 16 games... Um, one win that win come against a bunch of sheep farmers and priests from Andorra in a friendly as far as I can recall um, I still think he's safer he would now than... go at one win seven draws eight losses is what I make out as I do agree the pressure kind of did lift a little bit Um, I kind of I've chopped roped on this I've stood at both sides of the fence even in the last 24-48 hours I just I am not sure if he's the man to take us forward Um, you know what I'm going to say you are part of the problem (laughs) I disagree I actually think part of the problem is toxic bloody journalists Um, like that performance last night it was woeful like a a good result but it was 87 minutes of hard hard work. Like, and if you want to talk about the problem, it's toxic journalists. A la, we, had, we can't afford a legal battle, but let's just say it's a very popular first name, .ie. Um, lambasting it as an incredible performance. It's not. Like, an absolute toxic journalism. And a little subtle plug, if you're not a fan of toxic journalism, all fans of the ball bags and all our productions get a month free from The Athletic. Just click the link in the description. And enjoy, I suppose, toxic journalist-free articles <laughs> from the Atlantic. It's phenomenal stuff. If you're not on it, get on it. It's well worth the monthly subscription. But if you're not sure, if you're on the fence, take up that month free. I'm uh, not. Listen, I'm not going to say that I'm in the the Kenny kind of in Kenny we trust camp. It was a bit of a bedsheet moment, I think, on the bus and the way up from a few boys. But I think you have to. The circumstances we're in, and the and the players that are there in terms of age goes in Kenny's favour and I think that he is probably you stick with it I think I think if we stick with him for the next campaign it could pay like it could pay off massive dividends it could I think I think the problem is though there's the still if. an awful lot of issues with like how is Daryl Horgan I think he was the first sub on like how is he the your first choice I don't know if there's some politics involved like it's to do with selling maybe watch League of Ireland subscriptions that like Watch League of Ireland, the home of future Irish internationals. He offers you nothing. A huge a man for me that I was crying out to start was Conor Horan. He had a brilliant year last year in the championship. But what do any of these alternative managers that have crept up like? What are they going to offer you? Genuinely, like, Look, and that's I feel mm. I feel safer mm. after last night about keeping him, and I've been staunch about him staying for the campaign. And just letting this build instead of just pulling the rug from under him, and and like I'd rather, I'd just be happy with improved performances over like results. Like I would take, you know, five if there's five losses, but I think we're going in the right direction. I would be happy with that. I know a lot of people wouldn't be, but that's where I that's where I lie with Stephen Kenny right now. I think there's a lot to be said for two things. Nations League games and the first two games of the European qualifiers or whatever because if you all of a sudden get a loss say in the European qualifiers well we're on the back foot straight away um, now okay granted you may end up with a whoever you end up with in the first game it could be the top seed like I think we're probably going to be third or fourth seeds in, in the next qualifying group um, so you have to take that into consideration but if you, if you don't have 
at least probably three points from the first two games of the qualifier, you've got to, I think that's when you go, right, we're reverting now, because you've had X amount of time and games at it, like 15 games, that's a lot of games. It's been international managers that got sacked, sacked over less, without points yeah. of one. See, see the, and here's the problem, I think, with Kenny, is I think he needs to be involved in the structure. I just don't think mm-hmm. he's right for the top of the structure. I don't know he, he was perfect twenty ones manager. He was a perfect twenty ones manager. Maybe even a maybe even a like a, an assistant manager. I just don't mm. know if he's if he's if he's there yet, or if he he's if it's best suited to him. If that makes sense, like it just like even like the top process behind like we we can't get anything out of that game. Even if we won that game four 0 it doesn't do anything for us. So why aren't we playing Troy Paris? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why aren't we trying out these new combinations? Like, look, I, in terms of like to say technical ability and and like kind of skill and stuff like that, maybe James McLean isn't the greatest servant to this country. In terms of honesty and hard work, he he's up there he's as up a great there, servant yeah. to this country, and he should be commended on that. But we probably got all we're going to ever get out of James McLean. So, even if the alternative is a is a wild card, why not throw him in? Yeah. Um, and then there's, there is just a few things that do kind of annoy me like people like would say stuff like oh yeah but it's a better style of play but is it like we were good we would look good against Portugal because Portugal gave us space like the game last night I think there seemed it- like no there was no where I think we're really poor is in the transitions as in yeah. we've no counter and we're equally as poor when we lose the ball getting back into kind of our defensive structure and that's where we're really falling down there's other parts obviously to that as well. It's like That's... yeah, bomb it to Adamida and we just had a massive gap in behind them then or in front of them, whatever way and look at it. But it was yeah. Look, let's be honest, out of out of Kenny's reign so far, it was let's be honest, it was probably the worst performance. In my opinion. It was mm. up there with the worst performances of his reign so far. We, okay, we've been unlucky in certain games, but unfortunately international football is a results business. And he's not getting results. now the one thing that really, really irked me yesterday is the celebrating when the goal went in. That was embarrassing. Um, not from the crowd. I, I completely get the, the joyous crowd. That it's fine. Like it's a release of energy. But the bench, the the senior management team all came together, gave each other a big hug and high five. And you're like, going, come on, you, you've got to set your standards. You got to send it higher, set them higher. Um, you can't celebrate draws. You can't celebrate draws that are getting us in. Particularly a goal like that. it wasn't a well worth goal. Like it was a typical <laughs> Ireland of the last twenty five years. Big Jack up the pitch goal. Like you know. So there's. There's nothing. There's a lot of people that would take that big jack back. Let me tell you. Hey, yeah. win or lose, look, we're on the booze. And look, uh, look, yeah, at the, look at the end of the day, true. lads. As much as like a nice style of football is great, sexy football is winning football. You can you start winning games and then look at the style and stuff like that. But yeah, no. Um, I don't. I don't think you have that luxury in international football. Or that's the problem. If Kenny was to go into a Championship League one club and, and work for a period of time, I think it'd work out much better for him. The, the way he's approaching it, like, well, so, it, the, yeah, that and that's. And like another point too, like you're you're looking at thirteen to fourteen day windows, trying to reinvent the style of play, and yeah. trying to fit players. Is that is that a model for success at international level, or are you better off just saying, look, this is what we have, and even lumping the ball up to Adam Eda, you like without stereotyping or being excused of being xenophobic, he's you keep lumping the ball up, and it's Adam uh, Adam Eda and four Serbian gentlemen who. <laughs> Without stereotyping, tend to be bigger, stronger blokes, don't they? So, yeah, you'd worry about the logic of that. Look, and else, I don't have to be. Probably is. I do probably agree that he is a, a 
will sleep a bit more soundly tonight or last night even then he would have maybe on Monday and Sunday evening yeah there seems to be a change of the opinions over the last 24 hours since since that game I, whether it makes a difference or not I don't know we'll, we'll find out in due course I believe there's to be a, a meeting about his future in November I assume that's to decide whether he gets a new deal or stays on or whatever but that's that's what I'm, the, the I don't. I don't think it's a meeting to get rid of him. Put it that way. Yeah, I think he, he. I think it's more kind of a meeting to decide like whether they just kind of put him back into like caretaker of you know the youth football again and and go after one of those bigger names that they have there. But I still don't think like having Roy Keane in charge of Ireland is going to be any good to us. Yeah, and that is he. He has been mentioned. Like no, right, big Sam. Robbie Keane's been mentioned as well, hasn't he? And who was the Scottish fella, Neil Lennon? Yeah, well, he's well, he's, actually he's, he's Irish, Irish, but <laughs> yeah, sorry. Steve, Stephen Reid yeah. as well linked. Uh, Lee Carsley, I think, would be a good appointment if we went. You get a good mix of seniority and and youth. I think he's done a good job at England Twenty Ones. But listen, look, go yeah. on, go on. I was going to say may, maybe the solution is Kenny needs a more senior number two. Maybe. He just Possibly, needs yeah. that wise head. That's Kenny's still going to be the focal point and still going to have the ultimate decision. But like, if you want to throw throw back to a good guy example, like he needs a good team of selectors. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's mm. a potential solution, and maybe that's what the focus of the meeting should be. Um, but look, tomorrow morning I'll probably wake up and I probably want him gone. So, I'm very but listen, we didn't we didn't get to the number one basketball podcast in Ireland talking about Stephen Kenny, did we? Yeah, and do you know what? There's no bad basketball slate on the podcast until October, <laughs> at least, I think, until it comes back. And like Any basketball stories? I think, no, mine kind of... I suppose yeah, the Marcus Aldridge. I'll tell you one. One basketball story. The Ireland performance last night. That was end-to-end. What? Sorry. Is, yeah. The, I, think our, I think our single... I think it's our single follower just left. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was really that was poor. Now. That was really yeah. poor. Um, look, there's not much more to add. And look, I think the tension straight away shifts, and the Kenny headlines will drift away as we head back into another manic weekend of English Premier League action, Championship, all the other European leagues. It, that's the thing with the international window. It does kind of does tend tend to go quite very quickly, and the pressure doesn't build. Whereas the flip side. Mm-hmm. Uh, club management are very much under pressure during the international transfer window that, that, that noise doesn't go away as a famous man once said the best thing about international football is the window ending so yeah 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 and else that gents before we move on no I'm good happy cool perfect right so as previously stated we're recording this Wednesday evening late one try and get it Wednesday evening probably be Thursday morning so whenever you're listening to this, you know obviously that the NFL is starting either today or maybe it was yesterday, depending on when you pick it up. So we're going to do a bit of an ad hoc brief preview to the NFL this season. Um, obviously, it's, it's no longer uh, 17 regular season rounds. It's now 18. It's been extended. There's an extra side making it to the playoffs in each conference. So it's going to be very intriguing. You throw on top, on top the new COVID protocols, paving the way for one of the more interesting seasons, if ever. It's also a good time to do another subtle plug. If you're looking to pick up a bit of merch in advance of the season, check out our affiliate friends at usasports.co.uk. Just click the link in the podcast description to 
to, to peruse the wide variety of merchandise. God, I am septic. Anyway, moving peruse swiftly the great word, on, though, isn't it? gents. We're going to kind of do a quick fire in nature, probably not in practice, round on the NFL. So I'll just pose a random question teach you all and you might give me your answer okay so kick it off with yourself bottom feeder at least who do you predict to be the rookie of the year let's go overall i know there's offensive and defensive but who would you put down as your rookie of the year i actually went non-quarterback and i was kind of wrestling with it i was like "Ooh, trevor lawrence is going to play a lot of games should you know at least win the Jags five games, but um, I actually went with Micah Parsons, who is a linebacker for the Cowboys, and all impressions have been that he is going to be like a superstar linebacker in this league. Uh, Dallas were obviously absolutely chronic last year um, on defense, so if he just has the numbers, it's I think he's just going to run away with that award, to be honest with you. So, yeah, Michael Parsons, I think, is going to really hit the ground running, and he is my pick for rookie of the year. That's a man who has definitely bought into the hard knocks hype. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I'll go next. I'm going to go Mac Jones. <sighs> Brave. I know what you're going to say. You're an idiot. I just think... Patriots, Ireland fan. You know, I hate the Patriots. But I just think usually is a rookie quarterback of the rookie quarterbacks Justin Fields is probably the best at this early stage but he's in a bad situation with Chicago and the whole Andy Dalton a lot of noise I think Trevor Lawrence is exceptionally talented will probably be the best overall when the careers are done but it's just not a great situation in Jacksonville I don't think at present they just they have a lot of roster dust that needs to go and it may be two or three years before they're competitive with Trevor Lawrence if he hits as much as he's expected to hit um, I'm not 100% sure on Zach Wilson in the Jets you see comments from Tony Romo of like he's going to be the best out of four I don't see it the Jets are just a terrible organisation they're again a bit of roster dust so I think Mac Jones coming from a winning tradition in Alabama straight into the Patriots under Belichick yeah, the, the the Patriots have had two kind of roughish years. One with Brady, one without. Still don't, not ready to give up on Bill Belichick. I do think he is still up there. From all reports, he's an exceptional professional already. Reports that the reason Cam Newton was let, was let go was not because of performance, but because Mac Jones, as a rookie, was effectively teaching him the playbook. He just seems like a savant at the game and stuff like this, so... That's why I'm going to go with my rookie of the year. Uh, right, well, I was... Go on, say it. Yeah, you're playing your own cards. Typical Irish fan supporting the Patriots. I don't support the Patriots, but Mac Jones was going to be my choice. But uh, I'll change. The, the player I'm following this year is Justin Fields. So I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Now, the Bears have obviously said Andy Dalton's number one, but I think it's only going to take couple of games into the season before we see Fields get in there. Um, and I really enjoyed QB1 with Justin Fields. As you'll see, I'm a rainy day NFL fan. Um, really enjoyed QB1 with Justin Fields. So I think I'm going to go with Justin Fields. That is is my selection. 
yeah. I think he completed something like 30 out of 49 preseason passes. So that has to be, for preseason for a, a rookie, I think it's a good return. Yeah, look, um, I definitely think he's the most fun rookie anyways. I don't know if he's going to win it, but... Like, it's kind of like, as... in comparison, it's kind of like LaMelo Ball. Like, in that, it's for him, it seems to be about fun, and it seems to be a little bit about a flair, and, and that, like, not that he's out and out there character, around, but I think he that's the, he plays on the, on the front foot, doesn't he, and, and, and kind of off the shoulder as a striker would, would be in, in football. He's kind of that type of player, like, off the cuff, and I like that. Um but I think he could be an out, a nice outsider for uh, for rookie of the year. Yeah, he's got Rinsel in Murray. Wouldn't wouldn't disagree there. I kind of I did kind of had him. And I just kind of went with Mac Jones in the end. How long before how long before you reckon Bears make the change, Randy Dalton? Um, see, see, here's an interesting one, right? I actually think it would do feels the world of good to sit um, for the year. But they never sit anymore. They never really this sit. Well, thing. Mahomes sat. And that's only four I years know, ago. But um, they had Alex Smith. Like this is not Alex Smith. It's it's a really bad is, version the, of what Andy Dalton the, used to the be. The things they have, like, like Fields is potential to be the greatest quarterback. And this is a this is a massive comment to say, but the greatest quarterback the Chicago Bears have ever had. Like the Jay Cutler, he never really hit. He was undoubtedly talented, but a poor professional. The '85 Chicago Bears that won, they had Jim McMahon, but Jim McMahon was wild. Wasn't he flashes a brilliance, but he just was was and and it's been a lot of like Mike Glennon's, Mitch Rex Grossman. Do you know what I mean? It's been a lot of them characters, and it's a sports mad city. There's a lot of pressure as it is. Now look, Justin Fields is 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 he's, like he's he's kind of lucky in a way. He's not coming from Alabama, or Alabama or Texas. He is coming from Ohio, so he is used to playing football in the cold weather. But I just think he has the potential to be a huge face of the franchise for what is a kind of a, a historic franchise in the NFL despite the fact that we have won one Super Bowl but the Chicago Bears are always kind of important if that makes they'll sense they'll always be followed isn't it like they'll always yeah, yeah. big city team yeah. big city team yeah and and the only NFL team in that city too as well or in the local area Um, yeah. I give uh, I give uh, Dalton four games to be honest Four games, yeah. and if they're on four, Nagy's going to get sacked anyways, and he's he might as well just see what he has. You know that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not against. I'd love him to be starting week one, but I understand the logic behind making him sit. Is how how it kind of waters. Right, moving swiftly on. Um, we'll go with yourself again, bottom feeder at least. We will go MVP for the season. I have a feeling you have a far more logical. The both of you is actually probably no. have more logical picks than this, but I am going with Matthew Stafford, Shock the horror. new quarterback for the Rams. Yeah, you get a great price on him as well. But look, I think everything is geared <laughs> tell, towards Tell the fans that haven't Stafford. heard. Tell the fans that haven't heard. Yeah, <laughs> 16 to 1, you get him at. Like, you know, God, like, get on that, lads. I just think it's a great year for, um, for him individually to probably win that award. Like, the Rams should win. 11 or 12 games, they might even win 13 games, you know, if they're that good. Um, and he has all the weapons. He's going to have Cup, he's Josh Reynolds, he's Tyler Higby. He doesn't have a deep track. You know, so that'll be my only drawback. He's a huge arm. He... I still think he can play, like, like I don't think it necessarily has to cut the top off it to, to win this award Fair. this year. I think Fair. he can do it, like, an intermediate route. Like, obviously, if the play action works this year, 
like he's going to be able to take those shots. Like if Jared Goff was able to make mince meat out of those shots, like so can Matthew Stafford, like no problems the, there. The play action could be um, an issue though with the, the lack of it. Yeah, and look, it is the sexy pick as well. And we like sexy picks, so this is the one we're going with. What about yourself, coach? Have you uh, an MVP for the year? Um, I feel like with the whole side story with Rodgers, it, it's kind of coming across as, you know, the last dance for Rodgers or whatever you want to call it. Um, so it, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be absolutely horrific for him because of the controversy he caused, or it's going to go absolutely magnificent. He's going to go out a hero. And he just seems like a nice guy, so I want him to go out a hero. Um, he seems to be do caused everything that's, that's caused for the right reasons. We've been doing podcasts a while, and that's your most controversial take. Aaron oh, he's a nice guy. <laughs> oh, great guy, great guy. Ah, he's a he's a man of my character. I think you either love him or you, you hate him. I think. Yeah, but I, sorry, what I mean is, if you watched, I think you did. I think we spoke about when we watched the um the press conference with him. And what he was doing, he seemed to be doing it for the right reasons. Um, so. But as I said, because he's caused this, he's this is going to go absolutely horrific for him, or it's going to go excellent. And I, I have a feeling it's going to be on the excellent side. So, uh, would that be his second MVP or his third if he, if he was to win? This would be his third. Yeah, so his second in a row as well, which is why I was going to lean Rogers, and then as a lead, they don't generally like to give out back-to-back MVPs. I think so. That's why I kind of lent against Rogers. But yeah, and no, I have a good feeling about Rogers this year. Um, I wouldn't disagree with you. I wouldn't take it away cool. from you. My MVP is a little bit from left field. Um, obviously, it was cries last year and stuff for him to get it at the start. I'm going for Russell Wilson. The reason I'm going for Russell Wilson is he probably has the most underrated running back in the NFL in Chris Carson. His production is always top-notch. Metcalf is another year in the league another, he's becoming even more dominant I think he's like on average the top 3 wide receiver in a multitude of statistics he still has uh, Tyler Lockett he's in that system a long time they've recruited well in the O-line I think Russell Wilson could have a good season I think he could have a great season and he's my kind of left field pick for MVP I just don't think he's going to uh, send like good games for the whole year. Like I think he fade. I, I, he either st- you know what I mean. He Russell Wilson is always good for a patch of like exactly. three or four bad games, and he'll, he essentially he'll play his way into it and then play his way out of it. But I mean, if he can do it for the whole year, they'll be they'll be really good. Like the NFC West is going to be ridiculous again, lads. It is, yeah, yeah. That's that's the the thing too as well like there is there is a bit of waiting too in terms of the results you've had against the sides you've had and I think being in the NFC West a team that comes out on that will have won probably the more challenging games in the regular season does that make any sense I don't know if that does I've made it yeah 100% they beat the Cardinals say twice beat the Rams once and beat the 49ers twice that's an incredible return I mean, because that 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 division will eat itself up. Hmm. Fair. Moving on. Um. So look, regular season is brilliant and all that, but there's nothing more enjoyable than good old playoff fo- football. So, the most improved side this season. 
can I, I, I actually want to hit up two answers with one answer, if that makes Ooh. sense. Because I know what your yeah, next yeah. question is going to be. Do you? Yeah. I hope Go for so. it. Go for it. So I'm going to say, I, I'm going to, right, I'm going to do two birds at one stone. I think the most improved side, given that, uh, given everything that the bottom feeder has said, I'm going to say that the Rams are the most improved side. But I'm also going to say they're going to be the one to miss out. Oh, oh. Yeah, Jesus. That's a, a strange one because they did make the playoffs last year. But, uh, okay. But I think a lot of people, because they had, or because of everything, Stafford and history on hard knocks point. and everything, I think people are kind of expecting them to make it. But I think they're probably the most improved, but at the same time, we'll just couldn't come short. Okay. Good point. So I've got two answers out there and one. Whew, I can sit back. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Bob? You enjoyed that. that. Like, you really enjoyed that. What about yourself? Most improved side. The most improved side. Um, I am going to go with the Crosstown Rivals and I think the Chargers are going to be the most improved side. Not just because they're my team, but if they stay injury-free... There is no reason why they can't creep to, to 10 wins this year, I think. Um, and they should be kind of the clearly the best side in the AFC West after the Chiefs as well. So, you know, you get two wins against the Broncos. You get two wins against the Raiders. I think Herbert is good enough to possibly mm. nick one against the Chiefs. And it's kind of like looking at the, the NFC West there. Like, if you're talking, you win five games in that division, that's, that's good going. So I think they um, they definitely have the talent, and with Derwin James, looks like he's going to be an All Pro again this year at safety. Um, but I think the Chargers for ten or eleven wins this year. Good. I I actually almost picked a different side in the the AFC West. I almost went with the Broncos. Um, I do think Teddy Bridgewater looks good. They have a good receiving core. They have a serious defense, and they've also got Noah Fant at tight end. But I did, I kind of cheated a little bit based on last year's performance. And going with the 49ers. They were kind of abysmal last year. They'd know Jimmy G. They now have Jimmy G back fit. If he doesn't work out, they also have another exciting rookie in Trey Lance. That defense has, is only getting better. They haven't really had any major losses. Potentially the lack of a of an established star running back is a cause for concern. But I've gone with the 49ers. Shanahan doesn't need a running back though. He literally no, he just creates offense that was a huge, himself, huge reason why I picked him as well. Um, it's almost cheating, oh, but true. sure. Look, we didn't think of any better, and we didn't come up with them ourselves. So, so obviously the coach yeah. eliminated himself from the next question. So I'll throw to you quickly, um, Bamfield Ratley. You're shocked to miss the playoffs. My shock to miss the playoffs, and I don't like, is actually going to be the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Josh Allen doesn't sustain the production and, and reverts to type from year one and two. Um, he he's no one has ever progressed as a passer from second year to third year like he has. It's actually unheard of. Mm. Um, now, obviously, if he pans out, I will have egg in my face. He's also extremely fun to watch, and the Bills genuinely love him. But 
I don't think that type of jump is is sustainable for two years and run. Like he has to regress a little bit, surely. Like if he if, if he doesn't regress at all, like he, he can win the MVP. If he plateaus just at that yeah. re- at, at the same the same player he was last year. Yeah. Well, it, I still think it's going to be a tough division for them to win because the Dolphins are going to be better as well, and the Patriots mm-hmm. with Mac Jones like are going to be good too. So I think like I don't think it's going to be an easy walk in the park for Buffalo to make the playoffs this year. So like if they don't make the playoffs, I think it's purely because uh, Josh Allen has regressed. Right. I'm gonna. If you thought that was a bad one, here's another bad one straight for you. My shock to miss is the Tennessee Titans. I just don't believe Derek Henry can deal with that. Can deal with that level of production, and I think as a result, the playbook shrinks for Ryan Tannehill. I know they've obviously added in Julio Jones and they have AJ Brown, but I just have been a bad feeling about the Tennessee Titans this year. So who's going to win that division then? Oh Jesus. Um. Colts. Jesus, that is. Yeah, Colts are going to walk it, obviously. Wait, you Ooh. reckon the Jags finished second? Not every, I thought not Tennessee every division, was going to walk, Not every division has two sides coming out of it. Okay. So, that was my logic by now. Definitely not that division, anyways. Yeah. How well, has that worked out? Point. How is, is it done on wins? wins? So, so, the top side comes out and then it's the next best loser. Basically, so you could have technically three sides. You could have three sides coming out of the NFC West, right? Because they got the most wins or whatever. Cross. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, jump yeah. ahead and I'll take the slack on this one. Shock to make the playoffs. I'm gonna get Lambasfis Philly, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, it's always sunny there. It's always sunny there, and I'm, I'm a big fan. But uh, Brandon Brooks is back. Huge loss. Running game was very poor last year, but we didn't have many rushing attempts. I think Miles Sanders could be in for. A good year potential shows. Jalen Hurts, it could work, it could be a disaster. But I think we've a better receiving core. Smith has impressed me an awful lot. Um and look, you still have Zach Ertz, you still have Goddard. The NFC East is an absolute shambles. Washington football team won it last year with a losing record. I wouldn't be shocked if history repeated itself. Is all I would say. I think they'll win that division, but They'll have a winning record this year. Maybe, maybe. And we all want to watch Fitzmagic get this done. <laughs> let's let's be real about it. He's like... up there with Derek Rose and who you want to see win a championship, I suppose, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yourself, really? Bob and Peter Ratley. Shock to make the playoffs. So this is a shock to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I have, I don't know whether you would call it a shock, but I have the New York Giants, actually. Okay. Expecting a jump from Daniel Jones. I am expecting a jump from Daniel Jones, yeah. And like if he doesn't make the jump this year, they're gonna cut his loss. Sorry, they're going to cut the loss with him and and obviously that'll be the end of that. But I think the NFC you know, if you can win nine games, like if Saquon comes back healthy, they could win nine games. You don't know what's gonna happen with Dallas just yet because Prescott has now got arm soreness as well as you know, the bad foot from last year. So, do Dallas have a losing record and the Giants could possibly win nine games in that division and, and maybe get a, a wild card part? I think they have so, a yeah, massively underrated defense, def- defense, defense in at the Giants as well. But, like, if you were to take, like, look look at all of those kind of mid-tier teams in the NFC. 
like obviously the NFC West, you just take it out because they're all like they're all division winners in their own right. Really, when you think about it, like they could be tops of four different divisions separately. Like then you start looking at teams. Like why not? New York, like, definitely would have it over Philly any day of the week, to be honest. We'll see, I guess we'll um, see. I guess we will see. That's fighting talk, that is. Um, look, the, yeah. NFC's, the <laughs> NFC East is a mess. In the NFC North, I think Chicago have maybe potentially slightly improved with Justin Fields, but I think Minnesota have regressed. The Detroit Lions remain an absolute and utter mess. And in the South, New Orleans Saints have regressed. Tampa, yeah. There, thereabouts. It'd be interesting to see Carolina or a potential wild card as well. How is Sam Darnold going to react if Christian McCaffrey can stay free? They're an option. Do you know what I mean? I think I, the Atlanta Falcons, they're in a rebuild, so what are they? I think you're wrong about the Saints as well. I think the Saints are going to be really fun to watch this year. I think James is, I'd be all in on James as well. Who's he going to throw Such to? a fucking. Doesn't matter. He's just. just Launch it all over the park. We get thirty touchdowns and thirty picks again. Like I'm, you're, you're a, purely watching. You're that. a huge fan of uh, LASIK eye surgery, obviously. Um, <laughs> coach, you're shocked to make the playoffs. How'd you go? Again, I don't know if it's a shock, but I really feel like the Dolphins are gonna have a good year. Um, I think Tua is gonna he's gonna get a lot more Tua. time. Tua. In my best uh, double digits out Dublin accent. Um, I think yeah, I think he's gonna get a lot more time. It's gonna be more kind of true of a rookie season if that makes sense um, uh, will Brian Flores try and mirror the New, new England ways with, you know kind of an improved yeah, big passing game it's a, it's a good roster um, the final piece is just the quarterback position obviously rumours of potential Deshaun Watson trade it's an interesting storyline to be following in, in Miami definitely and I don't think you're a million miles away it all depends on what New England shows up this season, I think. But I think it's a good shout. In fairness, Miami, there's they probably feel really good about trying to win that division as well, you know? Absolutely. And there could be a game there could be a game away from it. Like that roster is not just good, like that roster is very good. Yeah. Um Great place only, to live. but if they were the only thing I have I, yeah. I, I think does count against Miami and it's the uh the madness of some of the conferences. You obviously you've got Buffalo, New York. Mm. You've got New England, Massachusetts, and you've got the Jets in New York. I do think sometimes road games in the cold can be a massive disadvantage for them. Whereas the hot weather can almost be a mid-season break for the sides that have played them every season. Do you know what I mean? I think sometimes it can kind of count against them. It's just, just yeah, to the be fair, the, the, of that group. That's a proper away day, isn't it? It's a proper away day. Can Messi do it in Stoke on a Tuesday night? It's kind of like yeah. that, isn't it? It's a little bit like that, yeah. Right, quick one just to finish up this round. No explanation needed. Super Bowl matchup and eventual winner. Who have we got? Who have we got? Who's going first? I can jump in. I will get shot down massively for this because it's a wild, wild one. I think if he can stay healthy, if he can have average to middling production, Based on their roster, the AFC champion, uh, the AFC champions would be the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh. And I think there is nothing more dangerous in the league than a salty Aaron Rodgers. So I've gone Green Bay Packers, 
overall champions, Green Bay Packers. Who's next? Yeah, I don't mind going. So I think the AFC, I think in the divisional, the Bills will beat the Browns. You'll get a Chiefs-Bills game, which the Chiefs will win. I think the NFC, you got the Packers, uh, the Bucks, or the 49ers. I don't think the Bucks are going to be anywhere near it this year. I think it'll be... I think the Packers beat the 49ers and it's a Packers Chiefs final. I've got the Rams Chiefs. Shock horror. It's all played different. Yeah, shock horror. <laughs> it's always shock horror. Yeah, just I think the Rams have enough to to squeak by Brady. But I don't think anyone in the AFC is going to catch Mahomes this year. Um I think it's next year before anyone really gives him a right rattle, to be honest. So you you back in Kansas? This year, Kansas and the Rams, yeah. Stop, stop sitting on the fence here. Come on, Mahomes. Yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs to win it all this year. Yeah, look. Just I think yeah, yeah. That's okay. I I I can see that. Um. So let's look at a quick NFL kind of preview as such, if you want. An ad hoc one kicks off Thursday evening. Bucks at home against the Cowboys. It's going. To, it paves the way for a fascinating season. What Greenwich Mean Time is that? Just for the casuals. Oh, I think it's like a, I think it's like half twelve. And Thursday night kick off. Half twelve, one o'clock usually in Thursday. Yeah. Um, before the clocks go back anyway, I'm not too sure. Daylight savings and all that. So the next segment will be a regular feature on the podcast. Is have you seen this? So a lot of you may have heard because it's probably a few weeks old, but. Last weekend, we had, obviously, the introduction of college football. The week prior, there is always a Hall of Fame high school game played. It's played in Canton, Ohio, which anyone knows anything about American football is sacred ground. It's where the Hall of Fame busts are enshrined. ESPN would televise this game. It's it's supposed to be between the two best or two of the best ranked high school football teams. The game faced a match-off by IMG Academy and Bishop Sycamore of Ohio. It soon became very evident that Bishop Sycamore weren't anywhere near the top 2,000 schools in the country. They'd basically handed over the recruitment to a company called Paragon Sports, who'd done their research and had come up with Bishop Sycamore from Ohio. The issue with Bishop Sycamore, Ohio, is it's a wild story, but effectively, it's not even a school. The players were failed JUCO players. They were had never attended. There isn't a school. There isn't a building. They are registered dressed is a classroom in a library. They rented once, I think, in April of 2020. How they managed to get away with it, and um, basically it's a lot of fraud. But the school is a non-chartered, non-tax supported school. They claim this was owing to their religious beliefs. The school is not supported by tax. It's not investigated by the Education Board in America. Effectively, they went out and they got absolutely pummeled um, by IMG Academy, which is a bit of a, a machine, a production machine in terms of Division One and later down the line NFL talent. Um, it's just it's it's well worth a read if you can grab the article anywhere. It's up on stuff like the Athletic. It's up on Bleacher Report. It's up on Sports Illustrated. It's generally, I think I've even seen it on BBC News. It's it's kind of made 
headlines across the world. It's a wild story. The irony of it all is IMG Academy with a bunch of high schoolers absolutely hammered this Bishop Sycamore team, half of which players were 20, 21, 22 and had played college um, or junior college football. Any of these happened to catch it, gents? Yeah, I've been following the whole thing. I, I just find it so astonishing. Number one, that no one in ESPN raised the flag going, okay, Paragon have, you know, given us their, they're the third party base that booked the fixtures for, for the television. Like, how did no one go, hold on, we've never heard of these, these people before. So apparently, from what I've managed to read is, there's usually a lot more film and a lot more research on the high school football team. But because of a COVID-affected season last year, yes. that information simply just wasn't there. So instead of probably Absolute going for horse. two... Well, that's, this is, look, this is it was handed off to Paragon Sports. It's handed off to Paragon Sports every year. And then the funnier part is, the coach got sacked after the game. Like, what did they expect? Got, got sacked or went on a run, because apparently there is warrants out for fraud in other states and stuff like this. It's, it's a bizarre For the coach, story. Roy Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just bizarre. Kind of, the whole thing is bad for, for for anyone that's listening and has absolutely no time for American football or NFL or anything. It doesn't matter. Just just Google Bishop Sycamore timeline. It's it's crazy. Like kind of the video is well worth watching as well. Like it's actually it's grim viewing. Like is that the video of the game? Ah, oh, stop! Like myself, these lads are fifteen, sixteen from IMG, and they're just throwing these boys around like rag dolls. It's the so good to watch. They used to be called so the Youth Build Centurions, <laughs> didn't they? Like prior, they've, they've had, had a couple of different name changes, aliases, and the different kind of fraud attempts and stuff like that. It's just a bizarre situation. The only way I can describe it is: remember the Titans of Friday Night Lights meets Joe Exotic and Tiger King. It's just out there it's a story from there is a documentary pending as well I think Kevin Hart has signed contracts in order to produce a Netflix documentary So I hope it's not a comedy I really hope it's not a comedy no no it's not it's it's, it's, Kevin Hart's not going to be involved it's his production company he's one of these once you get to become a big star in America you get a production I tell you a real worrying part for me though is how did no one in IMG because obviously I knew about this fixture for a while so how did no one raise alarms going here lads what's going on well a bigger issue apparently is this game was on a Sunday and the Bishop Sycamore brings an interesting fact as well. There's never actually been a Bishop Sycamore. That's worth pointing out as well. Yeah. Um, they had played a game on the Friday because of the roster numbers. The large portion of their players, I know some of them obviously aren't kids anymore, but some of them still are. Had They play both ends. They play offense and defense. So apparently it's like a massive child's rights violation to make them play two games and, two, and base effectively have only 24 hours rest in between it. So like there's all sorts of legal charges coming out of it. It's it's I don't want to go into it too anymore because I want people to actually go and read. Yeah, people the story. need to research it. It's it's a crazy story. Yeah. Like it's brilliant. Well, look, gents, that was a very quick whistle stop tour. A rough idea as to what the show is gonna be about. Um, I will make this available on all our other channels, so the Busted Barstools, uh, Monster Clubhouse. But moving forward, I think all episodes will be on the Ball Bags channel. So if you haven't given it a like, a subscribe, a follow, make sure to do that wherever you find your podcasts. Um, and I think we'll leave it there, gents. And Can I add one little... Th- I, do, I want you to play me out with music over this now for the listeners, but I just want to put a little somber note. If you were to put €100 Euros on Ireland to draw 1-1 <laughs> in every game since 2006, bottom feeder athlete, you would have €7 million. Euros. 
Just shy of it. Just shy of it. Yeah. Those numbers aren't valid. Just shy, but the interest. Why would you do that to me? No, so there you are. So look, <laughs> if we do it between now and 2036 as a team, you never know, we'll be millionaires. My God. 100 euros in every game. 1-1. One, one. That kind of sounds like you're making money, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I'll be all over that. That Matthew Stafford to win MVP for the next five years. So there we have it. Sorry, Sash. Anyway, that's all for me. Coach? It's all from me. And yourself, bottom feeder athlete. That is all from me. Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs>